I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Impala kicked off this week's episode of Raw. He wasn't happy. Also, hello, my friends. Welcome to our episode of Ups and Downs, the series that never ends because professional wrestling never ends, which means one day I'll be dead, but the sports entertainment will continue. If you're thinking that's a little bit morbid for an intro, you're 100% correct. But yeah, despite it being almost two weeks ago now, so you better get over it, Finn Balor, he did march the ring. He was like, man, I'm still mad at Seth Rollins because I should be the champion right now. And the only reason I'm not is that damn Damien Priest. So this is quite the mess, isn't it? Because it's like you walking up and going, man, I've got a problem with Brian. But then Steve got involved and then Chris was here. Man, I cannot deal with Chris. I'll grape his paw. We have Ripley and Dominic Mysterio then arrive because they're worried about Paul too. No, they're not. They're absolutely terrified because they're the Judgment Day. They're meant to be running Raw. And now two of their main members... Well, they're having a go at each other. Also, if they are going to fall out, they should be doing it in the back and not in front of everybody. (laughs) So it's a good thing Rhea is called Mammy. Because this was like your mother going, please, would you stop doing this in the grocery store? Finn wouldn't let this go because Damien Priest stole my moment. So Rhea actually got in the ring and she pushed the mic away so they could have a little bit of a chat. And who knows what she said, but Bala was so annoyed, he then walked away. So all is not well in the Judgment Day. And this is when Rhea Ripley was like, don't worry about that. We're still going to kick everybody's ass, including my Dom Dom. Because later on, he is going to take on Seth Rollins in a round two. <laughs> she passed the microphone to the condom and the booze started. I love it. It got even better as well because Seth's music then hit and man, Dominic Mysterio, he just freaked out. He was like, cut the damn music. This isn't fair and I shall not be disrespected. I thought he put in a really good performance. I totally believe that he was actually annoyed. For some reason, Rollins was eating chicken wings too. So I was like, oh no, I'm having some kind of hallucination again. When we found out that he was doing this, because they were in Buffalo, so he was eating buffalo wing. I'm now a little bit worried when WWE comes to Cannonball, North Dakota. Seth then did drop the line that only one person is going to be whipping Dominic's ass tonight, and it's going to be him. Look, this is an adult show. Let's just be honest with what he was saying here. He was making up that sometimes maybe Rhea Ripley pulls down Dominic's pants and slaps him in the bum. I mean, that's what it was. What I enjoyed the most is that when we were done here, Rhea Ripley stormed to the back and she found Damien Priest and was like, listen, you absolute goober, you better go and sort this out because none of it is good. And Damien at first was like, look, man, I did try, but I'll do it for you. So essentially, Rhea Ripley is in control and this should be the way. So I just love the Judgment Day has become this massive thing on Monday night. I mean, you could say they are Raw's answer to the bloodline. If we keep feeding it the way we're feeding it, there's no reason why it can't be as successful. I mean, go look at the numbers. It's doing pretty damn good. I'm giving it a nap. When we did get our match that we advertised last week, Drew McIntyre and Riddle taking on Imperium, it was always going to be pretty damn good. We also saw Drew huge here because Ludwig Kaiser basically ran away as soon as he saw the Scottish Warrior. So Bowser's going to be sad. 
but essentially him and Giovanni Vinci just went, all right, so we don't want to take on McIntyre, let's just beat up Riddle instead. They did. This stopped when Matthew eventually escaped the Imperium bomb and he got the hot tag to Drew McIntyre, who of course ran wild. And he was trying to break some necks here because he hit a neck breaker. He wasn't near some overhead belly-to-belly suplexes. When he was done, he just looked at Gunther, who was at ringside, because of course they are going to have an intercontinental title match at SummerSlam. And when you are in a super serious feud and you clock eyes with your opponents, you just stare. Maybe you should do it today and see what happens. This is when he did go to Claymore Vinci, but Kaiser got in the way. I was like, Drew, this is totally on you. You ignored your opponents for ages. For some reason, the referee couldn't handle this, so Gunther did get involved. But actually, it did end up with him getting absolutely kneed right in the face. So Drew McIntyre hit the Claymore. Riddle applied the ankle lock. McIntyre got the one, two, three, and they did it. I went, yeah, because I'm weird. But the only thing I don't get is that after this, Gunther was so mad at Giovanni Vinci... And we actually teased, like, maybe, just maybe, Imperium could break up. Now, it could just be the ring general being an asshole, but look, the bloodline are breaking up, the Judgment Day are breaking up, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey have broken up. I kind of think, like, we should probably come up with a new kind of story. But we shall have to wait and see, and all of this was very good, and I am excited for Drew McIntyre versus Gunther at the hottest event of the summer. I mean, that could actually be another five-star match. They are on a roll. Give it up. Finn Balor was then in the back barking at Damian Priest. That's like, no wonder Rhea Ripley's getting annoyed at this. Would you two just shut up? Thankfully, Rhea went right back into mammy mode, though, and she actually got these two on the same page, because Damian was all like, all right, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done what I did do, but I didn't mean to do it. Right. She also wants them to go back to running Raw, because she does take their management roles very seriously. Although there was more teasing here, because Finn Balor still believes he will become the world heavyweight champion, with Damian was like, well, either way, we've got this in the bank. He's got the briefcase and he walked off. And Finn stared at him like he'd just been slapped. This is absolutely going to implode. I do get this too. It's like saying, oh, Finn, you are definitely going to get that job. <laughs> Unless I get it first. Definitely not peaches and cream. So I'm still not entirely sure that we should be breaking these guys up, but let's look at it this way. If it does build into a world title run for either of these two, I will be one happy panda. That is a damn good justification for going down a new path. I like it. I'm invested up. We then got a recap of the bloodline angle from SmackDown. And if you've seen the numbers that I've done, it's absolutely on fire. To the point, you probably could have dedicated 60 minutes of this to Raw, and everyone would have been happy. It was well planned too, because then we did cut to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who were a massive part of that, when Jackie Redmond went, So, Tag Team Champions, what's next for you? I mean, what a question. Zayn said that he would continue answering challenges, no matter it's from the Street Profits or Imperium or the Viking Raiders or Alpha Academy. Which is where Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio walked in, and Kevin Owens just melted down. It's like, oh, you're breaking the unwritten rule again. Nobody talked about you. This is why Rhea was pissed off, though, because he was like, yeah, you didn't mention us, and we're the Judgment Day, and we're running all. Bless KO. He was like, oh, yeah. It's a good point. We did diss you. She also mentioned how Dominic Mysterio couldn't be stopped because he did so much cardio in prison when they walked off. Sami Zayn was all like, well, what did she mean by that? Once again, it's an adult show. Let's just say it for what it is. She was referring to the fact that when they have sex, the condom can just go and go and go. Man, do I love segments like this. And it really is because Kevin and Sami are a delight, as are Rhea Ripley and Dominic. So give me more of that. Keep putting it into my life. Having a good day. Up. And then, you will not believe this. Because no ship, we 
had a video package telling us that Indusheer was coming to Raw. I was like, what do you mean they're coming to Raw? They've already come to Raw. They've already come all over my screen. This has got to be a joke now. Because we have got back to this and it's utterly ridiculous. I saw them win a few squash matches only a matter of weeks ago. I can't stand it when WWE does do this. Because I start freaking out like, oh my gosh, did I make this up in my brain? And if so, what's wrong with me? So I don't like feeling as if I have lost the plot. Therefore, it's getting it down. Just bring them back already. When we got right into some sports entertainment. Because it was meant to be Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. But almost instantly, Dommy Boy attacked Seth from behind because he was too busy staring at Rhea Ripley because he was scared of her. And yeah, just turned into a big beatdown. And Rollins did eventually get the upper hand, but then came Balor and Priest. There's nothing Seth can do about that. It was four on one, and the numbers do not lie. You're going down at sacrifice. Given what happened earlier, this is when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens arrived, and Seth Rollins got a chair to chase them away. And all I could think was, I bet Riddle is super upset right now. Because they didn't help him at all. They got a big stare off, because I've already told you that means it's serious time now, Thousand. And this was going to be our main event. I was quite happy about that. Who doesn't want to see a six-man tag? Holla, holla, player, player. Also, this actually kind of made Dominic Mysterio feel like a badass. And he probably does need a little bit of an edge. Not Adam Copeland. Up. We then saw Logan Paul walk into the ring. And the only reason I throw this in there is because you looked in the background. You could see Gunther yelling at Giovanni Vinci. Once again, we're definitely teasing it. This did lead to Ricochet coming to the ring, and he was allowed to cut Wrestling Promo 78, because he was all like, I just want you to know, each and every one of you, that's why I perform. It's for the fans. I was like, oh, thanks, Rick. I'm a fan. You're welcome. He also then just said he doesn't like Logan Paul. Now, that was a weird segue, but he did tell us why. And it's because Paul went on his podcast and said a bunch of stupid stuff, and Ricochet doesn't like this, so maybe he should come out here right now, and they can go face to face. But he could have just called him on the phone, but that's not what you do in wrestling. You have to stew on this for a few days. And when Logan did arrive, he was all like, you look like a small boy. And I was like, Logan Paul, have you looked in the mirror? You look a bit like my auntie Joan. I think it's the hairstyle. That line was definitely scripted by Vince McMahon. And this continued by Logan Paul saying, well, I stand by what I did say. Because while all of you lot were trying to beat me up, you forgot that you were meant to be going after a briefcase. Ipso facto, I'm better than all of you. Rick then responded, that's because he understands that the audience didn't want to see Logan Paul anywhere near the briefcase. But he just let us know that he'd been doing this for 20 years. I was like... That is impressive, Ricochet, but I'm not sure where it came from. The fans then started chanting that Logan sucks and Paul was quite good here. He was like, well, you may have been doing it for two decades, but look, everyone is now chanting about me. I'll try the best. He also said that Ricochet was wearing a shirt too small and was 90% forehead. I was like, wait a minute. Was that a bald jibe? Was that a bald reference? I'm sorry, Paul. I don't mean to be that guy, but I've seen your hairline and I certainly wouldn't walk that tightrope. This all basically led to Ricochet doing that amazing thing he does where he launches over the top rope and does a 450 or whatever it is and lands on his feet, much like he did do in NXT. Logan was so impressed by this, he took his sunglasses off. But you should go and watch it. I mean, how the hell does he do it? It all came together as well because Ricochet wants to take on Logan Paul at SummerSlam, but Logan Paul said no. And when he went to hit him, Rick got out of the way and he smashed him with his sliced bread. And that looked pretty good too. Now, of course, we shall do this match to the pay-per-view premium live event. Although, I would prepare yourself. WWE is definitely doing this. Does they feel like Logan Paul needs a win? I'm just saying. I really did like seeing Ricochet in a spotlight this though, because it felt like we were actually doing something major with him. And you just know the match itself would be an absolute banger. They're both very talented cats. I am going to give it an up. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. When we actually did get Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. Now, there was some rumours beforehand that maybe this had been cancelled because Becky was injured, but we did do it, and it rocked. Now, Trish Stratus was at ringside, so she tripped Becky Lynch at one point, which allowed Zoe to take over. But you know what Bex is all about. She's a badass, so she hit her with Exploder, wrestling tennis. Stark then decided, well, I'm going to go for my finisher, but Lynch stopped that, and then she was going for the disarmer, but that didn't work either. So I was like, well, this is great. Before they came to the ring, they stored up their finishers... Smart. As nothing was working, though, all of a sudden Stark was going for the most devastating move in our sports entertainment surprise roll-up, and she held the tights, but thankfully we did have a competent referee, so he saw it. But this is when Becky decided, well, wait a minute, that is the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, so she went for one, two, and she held the tights, because turnaround is fair play, when Trish was like, hey, ref, can you see this? What a dirty snitch. It's also when shenanigans did arrive, because then Trish was up on the apron, so Becky gave her a drop kick when Stark was like, all right, well, if you do have your back to me, I shall hit the most devastating move <laughs> in all of sports entertainment. This time she got the three. So, of course, bring it down. There is a surprise roll-up counter, which goes over both AEW and WWE, and it rolls up by another one. And look, this match was so good, you should probably go and watch it, and I am going to give it an up. But I've already told you the last few weeks, WWE is over-relying on this finish. I mean, Trish Strass had caused the distraction. Zoe Stark could have just hit the Z36D, or whatever it's called, and got the pinfall. You don't always need to go back to the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Even though, of course, it is the most devastating move. And I shall never say a bad word against it. But damn. Rollins, Owen and Zayn were then in the back discussing their tactics for the match. And Kevin was basically like, well, I think we should go out there and break some skulls. Like, man, these three need to be a trio forever. 
They are so, so weird in the best possible way. It also meant it was time for the Alpha Academy graduation ceremony. <laughs> I'll tell you this, I've never been so excited in my damn life. Now, this is all because Maxine Dupree hit a hip toss last week. So, man, it's proper easy to graduate from this university. But all of this was so damn good. Look into my face. If Chad Gable and Otis were just singing her praises when Maxine did do her speech. She was like, man, Chad Gable. I used to think you were a dirty, smelly troll, but then I remembered you are the greatest teacher on this planet. And Otis, thank goodness you took my eye, because you are my muse. And look at me now. So this was actually really nice, and I like nice. And for some reason, that's when Otis took off his gown and just started thrusting everywhere. And I was like, why not? But it did mean he was prepared, and thank goodness, because do you know who interrupted? It was the Viking Raiders. Instantly, I had tears in my eyes because imagine you graduate from university and somebody just interrupted. Oh no, here come the freshers. This was proper Japanese shampoo commercial too because even though everyone got into it, Valhalla then snuck up from behind. She beat up Maxine Dupree and you knew what she did? <laughs> she stole her jacket. Oh no. Now this was sold like a murder and man, do I like nonsense like this because Maxine was like, no, my jacket. I can't believe you took my jacket. What the hell is Valhalla going to do with this? She's meant to be some kind of zombie woman. She ain't going to wear no stupid jacket. Now, I'm not saying it's not stupid because it was stupid, but look at me. I love stupid and I love goofy wrestling. Somebody once said that it is for life. And this has set us up for like a Viking rules match or something next week, which is equally as daft. I'm giving it an up. Never take this away from my wrestling. When WWE went WWE. Emma was talking to Shayna Baszler and went, oh, wow, what you did to Ronda Rousey recently was really cool. And I was like, Emma, what are you doing? This is like going up to a shark and saying, oh, great work in biting that surfer. For some reason, Emma then wanted to team with Shayna. I was like, well, would you do that with the shark? I want to team up with her. So, of course, it led to Shayna Baszler versus Emma. Lasted about 90 seconds, and she won with the Kirafuda clutch. Ronda stormed out afterwards. They did get into a big brawl, with Ronda getting the upper hand this time. And here is my big takeaway. I have no idea what WWE is doing with Emma, but what I like the most about this is it kind of feels like we're lighting a fire under Baszler's ass. And the end point all of this, given that I do believe Ronda Rousey is going away from WWE, is that we should bring back the Shayna Baszler from NXT, because that character totally rocked. So we shall have to wait and see, and we are doing this in Fast Forward because of Rousey's injury. Sometimes it is about what comes out the other side. So I am going to be a positive Pete, giving it up. When out came Cody Rhodes. All right. He actually mentioned that sometimes it feels like there's an invisible wall between the wrestling ring and the fans. I like this for two reasons. One, sometimes you do get two spot entertainers that fall out. And rather than chase each other, they do get stuck by the ropes. I'm like, well, there is a force field there, clearly. And two, it kind of felt like Cody was saying nice things about Barry Barricade. He's doing a good job. Cody then referenced the Money in the Bank press conference and that a UK journalist had asked him a question that had haunted him. And I was like, huh, he must have been asked by a ghost. The whole point, though, is that it was all about momentum. And when you look at the metrics, Cody Rhodes is doing really well because everything is increasing. But the problem is he has an albatross around his neck. And that albatross's name is Brockus Lesnar. Because, of course, he can't go round the mountain or over the mountain. He has to go through the mountain, which is so frustrating right now. Because Brock isn't in Buffalo, but he is going to turn up next week. Maybe. He also then tried to tie into the fan base by saying, oh, man, you can all understand this. Because everybody has this kind of obstacle in your life. Maybe it's a student debt. Maybe it's a bad boss. Or, essentially, we all have a Brock Lesnar problem. 
and therefore gold. Do you have a Brock Lesnar problem? Well, we here at Brockbusters are here to help. We will get rid of our hermit from Saskatchewan in just 24 hours or your money back. So just give us a call on 0800 This Is Ridiculous and we'll get right back to you. Brockbusters, we will defeat the beast. It also means that Cody Rhodes wants one big rubber match at SummerSlam and some schmerels actually thought that the term rubber match was a stipulation. I'm just going to be a completely honest cat. That kind of makes you a little bit stupid. So basically Lesnar better be here next week otherwise Cody will find him and he will whip his ass. And of course we're going to do this at the premium live event and I actually think it will be awesome. And I tell you if it does end with Cody Rhodes going to WrestleMania 40 and becoming the WWE champion and taking the last friend that Roman has which will be this belt that will be a terrific narrative and even said that here when i do defeat the beast i will be next in line so we are planting those seeds now i do have to point out at one point during this road said you started this feud for no reason at all so i was like they actually admitted it but here's the truth of it cody and brock are so good don't actually care i mean i've enjoyed the thing and that makes me a moron and it puts egg on my face but you can't stop the finger of power i'm giving it an up very excited to see what they're going to do. When The Miz <laughs> beat Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> of course he did. Now, it is extra funny because The Miz hasn't won one match in 2023, but this did actually tie into the no disqualification stipulation, and at least Tommaso Ciampa has an out. There's a really cool bit too when Miz leapt at Ciampa with a trash can lid, which is a perfectly normal thing to do, and Tommaso just kneed him in the face. And at one point, they were tussling on the top when Tommaso Ciampa did an air raid crash through the table. That looked absolutely brutal, and this crowd went nuts. But yeah, this is when all the shenanigans did happen, because Ciampa had the match won, and just as the referee was about to go uno, dos, tres, Bronson Reed was here. He absolutely walloped Tommaso. He hit him with a tsunami as the fist crawled over, and he pinned him. I tell you, I was howling. But I actually thought this was fine, because look, Tommaso Ciampa was always going to be put in this kind of position, and the fact that he can go, uh, well, you know, I didn't actually lose. I got screwed over. Makes you all right with it. Plus, it was fun. Uh, however, you can't just totally ignore a story, especially with my nerd brain. And the last time we saw Bronson, he was mad at Shinsuke Nakamura at Ricochet. And now, for some reason, he doesn't care. You can't do that in any other storytelling medium. So I'm doing it. Nobody can stop me either. I'm giving it a down. That's just silly willy. However, with that said, I will take Tommaso Ciampa versus Bronson Reed. That'll be great. And then, yep, Chelsea Green arrived and decided... I'm going to challenge Kevin Owens and try and have the line of the night. Because how when Sonya Deville went and found Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan was like, look, we do have a match later. Could you stop sitting at ringside for it? You keep doing it and we don't like it. I understand their point. This is when Rhea Ripley continued her dominance on the show, though, because she walked in and she's like, listen, Raquel Rodriguez, you better not get involved in my business again, because otherwise that will be three strikes you know the rule. Three strikes and you're out. And do you want to know what Chelsea Green did as soon as she heard that? She butted in and went, yeah, three strikes, you're out. Basketball. I tell you, I was laughing so much. The delivery was perfect. So this character is just tremendous, as is Sonya Deville, because Rhea Ripley then turned on them like, man, you better scarper off too, which they did do. So everyone is terrified of the champ. This is when Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan stood up to her, though, and said, well, we just think you're a big bully. And I do think at SummerSlam, we're going to do Raquel versus Rhea Ripley, which I actually like, because if we can just sell the idea that Rodriguez is a beast because she is quite massive and Rhea beats her, well, that would just do well for Ripley. It never 
never forget, when it comes to every wrestling show, the big question should always be, well, how can we make Rhea Ripley even more dominating this evening? I like this. It made me laugh. Chelsea Green is great. And WWE just ruined me again. Damn it. So we did have Caden Carter and Katana Chance taking on Green and Deville. And look, I totally understand this. Sonya and Chelsea have a big tag team title match next week. They had to get the win, and they did. But here's the thing. Why couldn't we find any other team? I mean, do you know something that wrestling has been doing since the dawn of time? You go out and you find two local talents, and they can be absolutely smashed in the ring. But now, ever since we've called up these two people from NXT... All they do is lose, they lost their tag team titles, and they just lost again. I mean, they are now getting into that territory where they're losing too much, and we don't want to do that, especially because the women's division desperately needs credible tag teams, and they are already good. That is getting it down. Now look, we did give them an out too, because when Chelsea made the pin, Sonya was holding her feet to assist with it. Although that makes no sense, it is 2 plus 2 equals potato, because a kick out is with your shoulder. But look, I do understand what we were doing here. Mostly, just because I like Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green so much, I am giving them an up. And I tell you, if you want Rhea to interfere next week and give them the belts, I wouldn't argue with it. We then had an interview with Riddle and Drew after this, and McIntyre had been doing some detective work. He realised that all the groups in WWE have started to use the numbers game to their advantage. I was like, Drew, have you only just figured that out? You're about 25 years too late. He then said the only way to counter this was to eradicate them. <laughs> so bring it down. There's the crime counter and it rolls up to 10. The reason for this is because eradicate means destroy completely. So he just threatened to kill a bunch of people. We also then learned it's going to be Gunther versus Riddle next week, which seems a bit strange. And McIntyre was like, no, don't do it in seven days time. I'm not on the show. I'm off doing WWE business. Thankfully, Matthew has found a workaround for this. He'd gone to Adam Pearce. The rest of Imperium are banned from ringside. They then decided as they were done for the evening, they were going to enjoy the nightlife of Buffalo. Just when Byron Saxton was going to join them, Drew turned and said, no, not you. That is definitely a heel turn. I do feel like something is building here, and I don't know what it is. Although, going off what I just said, I kind of think that Drew McIntyre may lose at SummerSlam, and Gunther will remain the Intercontinental Champion and beat the Honky Tonk Man's record. And then he'll turn on Matt Riddle, which would also open the door for a Randy Orton return to help out his arcade bro. And then you can do Drew versus Randy, and McIntyre becomes a bad guy. Now, I've said that. I think that's a pretty good idea. So remember, you heard it here first. Well, it was our main event time, and WWE is just on a run with these, because it was the Judgment Day versus Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. I mean, this was fabulous. Owens did do a big dive, because it is 2023 wrestling, when he started smashing out DDTs. And when Dom got in there to try and stop the good guys getting a tag, KO was like, all right. He tagged in Seth and Rollins, man. He whooped his kid's ass. Dom also reacted like he was going to die. And do you know how he reversed the trend here? He raped Seth Rollins' eyes. So we absolutely need to do this. Please give Dominic Mysterio more 1980s heel moves. This brought in Priest who wrecked everybody until Rollins gave him a kick that was super. And do you know what happened then? Because he had been smashed, he fell into Finn Balor and knocked him to the floor. Man, Finn ain't gonna like that. He actually did get back in there though to break up the cover after Rollins had hit the pedigree and after Seth had done some stuff and Dominic had done some stuff. Sami Zayn tagged in. And he hit the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. Surprise, surprise, it didn't work. Now, it was actually Dominic that did break up the cover here. So Kevin I was like, man, I'm sick of you. And he gave him the stunner. And fair play to the condom, because he sells that so damn well. And just as Sammy was about to hit the Aluva kick and win, Rhea Ripley was here. 
<laughs> she grabbed his foot. This also distracted the referee, which is when Finn Balor and Damian Priest did work together, because they hit the big old chokeslam, they hit the coupe de gras, and it was Finn that pinned Sami Zayn, and he got the one, two, three. So the big story here is, oh my gosh, the Judgment Day are working together again. They also shook hands afterwards, and man, Rhea Ripley reacted to this like it was the greatest thing ever. Like it was the best response, as Dominic was kind of in the corner dying. But now look what we've done. We're telling the story, oh my gosh, they are going to be okay, even though we know they're definitely not going to be okay. So you just know the breakup is coming, but again, as long as one of them wins a world title, I think it is fine. And look at this too. Who bookended Raw? It was the Judgment Day. It's such a wonderful success story. I am giving it an up. And I'm also going to give Raw overall an up because, again, you can feel that we're headed to SummerSlam. And just go look at the predicted card for that show. It really is going to be the hottest event of the summer. Shouldn't have said it. Also now, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Click the video that's on the screen right now. It'll be SmackDown ups and downs, so you can see what I thought of that amazing Bloodline segment. I mean, it really was the best. My name is Sam for What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Remember, I love each and every single one of you, and I shall send you a Valentine's Day card on February 14th. All I forget, one of these two things will happen. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.